0: Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be back with you this week after having taken a week off for Thanksgiving. And uh, as I noted uh, last week, I encourage you to go to our church's Podbean page and listen to other pastors uh, as they preach. Uh, We are jumping into a new sermon series here at our church, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. But first, let me read... A passage uh, from Luke. This is the one that we're going to be reflecting on today. This comes from the 21st chapter, verses 25 through 36, and uh, this is Jesus who is speaking. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, This generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So we are now, of course, in the holiday season, and you may not realize it, but uh, as we uh, go into this season, we have lots of different choices that we must make. Uh, sometimes they are brought to us, and we have to make one choice over another. Some of them are uh, perhaps not as... Uh, heavy or uh, that we are that are more lighthearted, I should say. So, for example, during this season, people will say to a child or to someone else, "Have you been naughty or nice this year?" Uh, or maybe if you are part of a family, maybe you're part of a family for the first time, and all kinds of different tra- traditions. So, you might be part of a new family, and they will say, "Well, we open our gifts on Christmas Eve," and so you have to make a decision: Do we open them on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day? Uh, There's always a debate this time of the year, too. People are saying, do I say Merry Christmas or do I say Happy Holidays? And all of these decisions really perhaps started for you uh, on Thanksgiving. And that is often the case for me, whatever table I'm at and eating. And it happened again uh, this past Thanksgiving as I was at my uh, dad and stepmother's home. And we had this really wonderful meal. And then the dessert time came upon us, and there were two different options. There was a pumpkin pie, of course, that was made, but also my stepbrother's wife works for Nothing Bunt Cakes, uh, a bakery that makes bunt cakes, and so she brought a bunt cake. So there were the options before us. You can have bunt cake, or you can have pumpkin pie. And at first, if I remember right, there were a couple, three people who chose one or the other, and then someone bravely said, well, why not both? Uh, and often, I've been in situations or settings like this, too, where they have to qualify by saying, maybe just a sliver, maybe just a sliver of both. And I want to have the day, too, where somebody says, give me both and give me big pieces of both, too. And what happened then after that, and I again, I've been in situations, too, where somebody once somebody says and realizes that the option is for both and, cake and pie, then all of a sudden that opens up... Uh, the opportunities for others, and they will say, Well, I, I would like both too, not knowing that that was an option. So we can get caught up in either or thinking instead of both and in our world, even when it comes to something as simple as dessert choices. Both and is actually a pretty great worldview because, in the end, it can give you both cake and pie. But it goes beyond just these simple decisions that we make too. So why am I talking about both and? Well, it ties into this sermon series that I mentioned earlier that we're calling Unexpected Gifts God's Transforming Values. So here at Urban Village, we are committed to becoming more anti-racist, which means that we want to become uh, transparent windows to God's love as one of our site pastors has written. We want to be a place where we are agents of the kingdom of God, this kingdom that God has promised and announced. So we went through an audit um, about a year and a half ago, and throughout this process, the organization that we worked with, an organization called Crossroads, shared with us what they call transforming values. These are values that Crossroads has originated and written about. And these values are ways that we can transform uh, our own institutional practices so that care and justice can be made and provided for all. But also, these transformational values, we believe, are, are deeply Christian. So, we want to explore all of these different transitional or transformational values, transforming values, as we also begin to prepare ourselves for the celebration of God's incarnation, what we call Christmas. So today, the first of these transforming values, we're going to be talking about what it means to be both and versus either or. So I'll talk about that, uh, define that just a little bit, but let me start by uh, explaining either or in both and by talking about Advent. So this Sunday, uh, December 2nd, is the first Sunday of Advent. You may know or may not know that Advent is actually the official start of the church year. Church years divided up into different seasons like Advent and Christmas and Epiphany and Pentecost, Easter, of course, and Lent. Advent kicks it all off. Now, when we talk about Advent, I think most assume really it just means pre-Christmas, which is kind of true, but it's more than that. So, the United Methodist Church, the denomination that Urban Village is a part of, defines Advent this way. It says, during Advent, we prepare for and anticipate the coming of Christ, Even as we look back and celebrate the birth of Jesus in a humble stable in Bethlehem, we also look forward, anticipating the second coming of Christ as the fulfillment of all that was promised by his first coming. So, as the church, as people of faith, we, I think, have the first part of this definition down pretty well. And again, that part of the definition says, we look back, celebrate the birth of Jesus in a humble, stable in Bethlehem. We've got the Christmas thing down pretty well. Churches do that. They have all kinds of decorations. We sing songs. We have services, all of that. We've got that down pat. Most churches, most Christians probably don't know what to do with the second part of this definition. Again, the definition that says, we also look forward, anticipating the second coming of Christ as the fulfillment of all that was promised by his first coming. So, we talk about this whole second coming of Christ, which I think for some, if not many, Christians just find odd, and so we don't pay attention to it at all. So, because of that, some churches really just emphasize the first part of this definition. So, they may say, heck, let's let's just start singing Silent Night right after Thanksgiving. We're going to dive into and fully celebrate the birth of Jesus. Now, there are a few traditions that are pretty strict about the latter interpretation, About really thinking about and anticipating the second coming of Christ. I once upon a time went to a Catholic retreat center and they were very careful. They did not decorate any of the spaces, nothing Christmassy at all, until December 24th, because that's when the Christmas season, church season, begins. So a person might reasonably ask well, which is it? Do we celebrate the birth or do we anticipate the coming again of Christ? Can it be both and? I think so. We celebrate the birth and we celebrate the second coming. This is why we are reading this scripture today, which may seem odd to read as we begin this Christmas season. This is a passage from Luke that's called eschatological. Eschatology is a very fancy religious word that really means the study of last or final things, or again, the second coming of Christ. So, in this passage, Jesus is giving a foretaste, a, a glimpse of what is to come one day. And then also, Jesus is instructing his followers what they should do while they wait for this event to happen. Now again, this might just seem weird to us to think about. I'm not sure what I think about this second coming. It seems pretty foreboding. I'm not sure I want to be around for it. But it's important for us, I think, to hold on to this and to reflect on it. There's a theologian named Justo Gonzalez who says that the fact of the matter is the gospel of Jesus is unintelligible without eschatology, without the hope and the promise of a coming order of love, peace, and justice. And then he continues, this may cause fear in some, but it can also bring hope, like the hope of the birth of a baby. So, this passage also then Begins to instruct us, as I noted, what to do in the day-to-day. To do things like be alert at all times, pray. Uh, he even gives advice about uh, how much to drink, don't be drunk, dissipation, which really means, uh, as I learned this week, at hangover. Uh, we don't want our hearts to be weighed down. We don't want to be fearful. So we continue to, we don't just sit around idly by waiting for this to happen. We still have things to do in our day-to-day life as we wait for the full the fullness of this to happen. So in our home, we will begin decorating our home in a day or two for Christmas. And one of our favorite things to put up is really what we've just kind of called our Advent box. Uh, and I, we've had this now for several years. And it is a uh, a box that has little compartments in it. It's like a little cupboard Uh, and the little cupboards are numbered 1 through 24, and you lift up the little door. And the tradition at our home is that when you lift up the door, uh, you get uh, really some wonderful things. So first is a scripture. I go through and write down different uh, verses that we read throughout the Advent season. So there's a scripture that you pull out, and then we read that scripture at at the dinner table. And then also, there are two Hershey's Kisses that uh, my children particularly love. So all kinds of food, very both and, as they open up the box. So this Advent box, as I noted, was numbered 1 through 24. So in a sense, it says, all right, we're going to be thinking about these things uh, during these dates. This literally is thinking inside the box, 1 through 24, But Advent is more than just those days. Advent can be both and. It doesn't have to be either or. We await the day when all will be made right in the world as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Advent is more than getting ready for December 25th. Advent also gets us ready for December 26th, 27th, 28th, and the days after that too. It does not have to be either or. So I mentioned that this organization Crossroads created these transformational values, and it encourages organizations to think in terms of both and rather than either or. Either or thinking, Crossroads says, complies with rigid ways of being, thinking that there's only one way to do things, and it creates a myth that it's efficient for everybody to be the same. There's only one way to do things. But transformation of values embraces both and thinking. There are multiple ways to do life together. We can work through differences to find solutions. We don't allow these differences or conflict to paralyze us so that there's indecision and immobility. Whereas the world sometimes says you're either with us or against us. Instead, we can say there's more to it than that to make sure that others are included, other voices are present too. Either or thinking really lacks creativity. It says that it's my way or the highway without any reflection on how we can find a way that is more generous, that includes more voices. Either or thinking again puts a priority on efficiency, not effectiveness. And this seeps into other parts of our lives too. We may think that we are uh, a prayer or we're just not, and so we give up praying altogether. Or we may think, well, I can either be a parent or I can work on my vocation, I can't be both. Either or thinking says, as we think about justice and the kind of work that we do at Urban Village, either or thinking says, for example, that if you believe that black lives matter, that means that you believe that white lives don't. It has to be one or the other. But that's not what we try to live out in our transformational way at Urban Village, and hopefully for you too in your own lives. We want to be a church, and I hope that we can be individuals that is both and. From the very beginning of Urban Village, we wanted this to be a place, for example, that you can be gay and love Jesus. And for so many people, they think it's one or the other, that you can love the Bible and you can love justice, that we can have informal worship, but also love the sacraments, that we can be a place of both and in our lives. And we hope that this can spill out in other ways, in our own individual ways of being too, as we wait for the day when fulfillment, true fulfillment will happen in the world. And when we do this, it shakes people up because our world, our society is so used to thinking it has to be one way or the other. And when we embrace both and thinking, then it begins to really shake up our own lives and shake up the lives of others too because they think it has to be either one way or another. I was reading a really interesting article a couple weeks ago uh, in the New Yorker magazine about the former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, who is now a potential candidate for the presidency in 2020. And Governor Patrick talked about a moment Uh, in his, uh, when he was governor. This happened in 2014. And this was at a time when uh, they were accepting young refugees from the Mexican border, the state of Massachusetts was. And he described a visit to a Home Depot after he had made uh, his announcement that that Massachusetts would, would receive some of these refugees. And he said that he was confronted by a man in the checkout line And this is, I'm now quoting Governor Patrick, who said, who just let me have it. Governor, he said, I can't tell you how strongly I disagree with your decision. He said, my wife is an immigrant. She came here illegally. That's the way it ought to be. I think you're wrong. The governor continued. Now, he wasn't threatening, but he was loud and he was angry. And everybody in line knew who was angry at whom and what he was angry about. But after that, the governor had six other encounters in the store. Six other people came up to him, and instead of speaking loudly and angrily, they whispered, "'Governor, you're doing a good thing. "'Governor, thanks for sticking by those children. "'Governor, thanks for looking out after those kids.'" And he said his office received calls to most of them in favor of sheltering the refugees. And he said, it strikes me that something is so wrong when we learn to shout our anger and whisper our kindness. He said, we have got to learn to stop being ashamed of being kind, because if we are ashamed of being kind, especially those of us raised in this, or frankly, any other faith tradition I know of, then we are not taking the faith lessons we learned in here and living them outside of this sanctuary. I really like this story for a couple of different reasons because there's hints of either or thinking in some cases here that people think that I either shout my anger or I whisper my kindness. I learn the faith lessons in church or but I do not take them outside of the building. This is only the the thinking in this way, either or thinking means that we divide up our lives in certain ways. So I, I learn these things in the church, in the sanctuary, wherever you worship, but then they stay there. They don't seep out into other places in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be angry. I'm not saying that we shouldn't shout and protest if we find that there's injustice. But why is it in our society that we say that you can shout it out loud when you're angry, but if you are kind, that has to be toned down. That's either or thinking. Why can't we shout out our kindness and our joy and say that we support these kinds of things, but our society trains us to say it has to be one or the other. Kindness just like anger should be shouted out loud, lived out loudly too. When we get into either or thinking, we fall into the trap then of thinking that life should only be lived in a certain way, that people should only be viewed in a certain way. We put people in literal boxes. Advent is a reminder to us instead of both-and thinking, that people are not always as they seem, not always in the box that we place them in. They are so much more than that. Our faith is so much more than that. And we want to live into this transformation of value as a church, this both-and way of thinking, to go beyond the limiting ways, the uncreative ways that either-or thinking tries to put upon us. Advent reminds us, we celebrate, we look forward to and the birth of Jesus, and we look forward to the day when justice, hope, joy will be fully realized. That may not come in our own lifetime, but still we wait and we name it and we live it out too. Both and is a pretty good way to live our lives. As I noted at the very beginning, sometimes it means you can have both cake and pie. May it be so. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm always grateful for the ways that folks interact with me on this, so you can continue to do so. Email me, christian at org. You can go to my website, com and learn about Uh, my book and other things that I do there, another podcast that I have. And you can also find me on Twitter, at Christian Kuhn. And so, friends, uh, until the next time that we get together, may the peace of Christ be with you.